out of the great mystery from before a moment of conception and birth into this moment from eternity into eternity. Somehow you are, I am, and there is we, we, you and I. A living prayer from my heart, and I hope from yours, for that place in the hearts of all of human beings and all of life and all of creation. What is that heaven on earth, that place, this moment, this breath <clears throat> out of everywhere and everything and always into everything and everyone and always. This is home. This is the embodiment of holy family. When we come from his story or her story or their story, we hear aspects listening and looking and perceiving with our sensate reality, or our senses as human beings. We are looking for home in another being, in ourselves, in one another, in relationships of all kinds. We're looking for this home. And yet <clears throat> we tend to turn to history or her story and the common English word history, the story of him. So I include her story, the story of her, their story, the story of them, or just the story, the tale. The idea or concept or telling of one's experience of what has occurred in the moment and breath before this one. And then let me tell you what happened. And another being says, no, let me tell you what happened. And when we start discussing what happened, it is very hard from the senses to give the cup of the grail an identity. It's really the fullness of heaven in that cup the fullness of the void in the emptiness, the grace, the mystical firmament of home, the reality that we are addressing as direction. <clears throat> From this grail cup, you know, you are and I am. Always have been. How did we not know that? And so much of this is that we tell one another Incomplete histories, incomplete her stories. <clears throat> I'll use a poignant personal example. My grandmothers, whom I adored, <clears throat> were women from the year 1900, a turn of a century. One was born in 1900, one in 1896. <clears throat> and they imparted to me aspects of the past. I love Victorian lace. Not only the people who might have worn the Victorian lace, also the artisans who would have crafted it and the people who would have grown the cotton or linen flax to form the threads and the land from which that came. And because through the fingers of my grandmothers, 
who had held me as a baby and prayed for me to come to them. One grandmother for whom I was one of 31 grandchildren, and the other grandmother for whom I was the second of four grandchildren. One woman with seven children who lived out of nine, one woman who had one son. Those fingers of my grandmother's, one whom embroidered magnificently, my mother's mother, Cora, and one who formed tatted or hand-spun lace from her fingers, incredibly beautiful pieces made of very fine linen threads <clears throat> or yarn formed from the flax plant. Those fingers which held me and wrapped me in swaddling clothes and laid me in a cradle are just the same in the love for home in heaven from before they could remember their own conception and birth. They were imparting to me their prayers and aspirations of life for me. And that moves through my breath today so that you hear or receive or speak about this to someone else or contemplate in reflection, wherever you are in the world, whenever. And eternity is ours, home, which we care for as lovingly as they did, that newborn babe whom I have always been for them. My next breath is born of heaven upon the wings of their angelic goodness, the embodiment of their cooking at old-fashioned stoves, fueling their homes with coal and firewood, and small oil lamps from before there was electricity in their girlhoods. The years before women could vote in the years when they voted in the first election, American women were allowed to vote within, which I've spoken of many times. The humility and sophistication of their lives, which we could talk about for hours, what I learned from fine hand-woven and hand-sewn dresses of my grandmother, Anna, and her sisters, and beautiful homespun cotton <clears throat> calico fabrics of my grandmother Cora's dresses and aprons and my mother driving Cora to a store 30 miles away to buy her not just one but two dresses. She wore a larger size clothing than most of the women's clothing available at the little stores of Corny, New York. So my mother would drive her every six months to Elmira, New York, where Mark Twain famously wrote several of his most renowned novels, and then the painting above them hung in our home my whole life, right? Who was writing those books? Who painted those paintings? Who made the clothing my mother so lovingly purchased for her mother? We study the history <clears throat> of a fine couture dress, a robe sent to me by my Great Aunt Beatrice from the Elizabeth Arden Salon with its beautiful red door on Fifth Avenue in New York. Gorgeous items she purchased for me. She who married too late to have a child 
And so she asked Anna, would it be all right if I sent Betsy something really beautiful? My cells of this embodiment that is Beth are enclosed always in my great aunt Beatrice's love. And her sister Anna sang, of course, of course, Beatty. The love between the two sisters is part of my home and their love for my late mother and my late father. And through that in my heart of hearts for you and your father and mother, wherever they are in space and time, may they be protected and blessed and guided in all ways, everywhere and always, and you as well. And your great aunt Beatrice and your great uncle Art and her parents and his parents and theirs and theirs and theirs. And that is our history. That is our her story. When we are attenuated from our souls through our heart of hearts to home, so that our senses begin to move through all of our cells to represent the great holiness that is God's, the universe's, and we become a child of this for the sake of the seed of the tree of life of this in everyone, always. That is the aspiration. That is the courage. One is to turn to eternity historically, historically, their historically, until one realizes this in the heart of hearts, so that the next breath moves into all of the cells of your incarnation to be the child of God, of heaven, of reality. You have always been, oh, I'm realizing this. How did we not know this? Well, Compassion arises as one embodies. Oh, I was studying Moses or his mother or the Pharaoh's daughter or Mary or Joseph or Jesus or. And I answer, well, <clears throat> when Jesus died, how was the last breath taken? simply absorbed by God or by heaven or by reality or a suffocation through crucifixion or Longinus, a masterful Roman soldier who pierced the side between the ribs of Jesus, the compassionate warrior's Roman kill. Whatever happened, I've, I've actually had colleagues of mine argue a deep Christian. No, Jesus was dead when the sword pierced him. They say that clear fluid ran from the body and then a medical person answered him, well, it would run from the body whether the person was alive or dead. No, there would be blood. The doctor said, no, not necessarily <clears throat> because the blood was coagulating at the feet and, you know, this big argument. No, Jesus died this way. No, he died this way. No, he died this way. Whatever happened, the men who nailed that body to the cross, the men who cut the logs that forged the crucifix itself, the cross upon which he lay itself, the soldiers who watched over him, 
Mary at his feet, Magdalene with her lustrous hair down. John the Apostle, who had the courage to stand. Whomever else was there. And we know Longinus, who was there. Somehow Longinus, piercing the side with that spear, was connected to Jesus at the death. Whether Jesus was already dying and had slightly left or left after. And so when we pray to Jesus, we usually hesitate. And then what happened? I go, well, we'll have to ask Longinus, won't we? Because they're somehow tied together, those two. Oh, that's right. I don't want to die on a cross, ever place anyone on a cross or be asked by my conscience or my commander to pierce anyone's side with a spear. How did I not know that before? Well, because we hesitate. No, please don't kill me this way. Please don't ask me to kill someone this way. In our next breath, we have the aspiration and the courage to embody that which only brings forward a living prayer of holiness embodied. May you realize this every breath. May those who are beside you also have the aspiration and courage and appreciation of the ancestry we all share to realize this every breath. That one then becomes the embodiment of heaven on earth. And in all these movements of the rippling of how am I safe against a poisonous snake or a difficult animal from an alligator to a wild lion to a storm. Be aware that God through the water and the air and the firmament that is the form of the earth and the fire of the center of this earth at the current time, and the sun and stars. God through this, the universe through this, the reality through this, was here long before you were conceived or I. And so through that mystery, beyond all harm and hurt, from before you were conceived and born, and after you will go on into that mysterious home. May you be given the honoring, the humility, the receptivity, the noble dignity to embody virtuously yourself as the human being created of that great mystery that is heaven on earth, always and everywhere. May we pray and practice together.